0: You are now listening to One Hour Schoolwide, the official sports podcast of Pin Oak Middle School.
1: All right, welcome in to another episode of One Hour Schoolwide. This is your host, Mr. Mertz. Got another great episode for you coming up this week. Um since we were out last week with the Thanksgiving holiday, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday, by the way. Um I gave the students extra couple minutes for their segments this week because i thought they might have two weeks worth of material to cover so some of the segments are a little bit longer this week but that's not a problem at all for us um, got a few episodes left this this uh, semester well not this semester this season before we go to winter break um, the semester though doesn't really end until the end of january this year so Uh, we will continue to publish episodes with this same group of students until the end of January, and then after that, it's kind of up to them if they want to decide to stick around for another semester or to move on to another elective. Um, But I am anticipating we will have a lot of the same guys back for the second semester. Um, So let's jump into some of my thoughts this week on uh, the last couple weeks of uh, sports and I guess we'll start first with the NBA and the trades that have went on, especially the the local trades, the trade involving uh, uh, Russell Westbrook and the trade rumors with uh, James Harden. Um, but I guess it's not a rumor anymore for the Russell Westbrook trade that has went through a couple of nights ago. He is on his way to the Washington Wizards in exchange for John Wall and a first round pick. Uh, I, I don't know what the Rockets are doing, honestly. Um, and and, the, and my my friend who's who's grown up in Houston and a big Rocket fan, uh, he I don't I don't think he was that excited about the trade either. Um, I, I understand though, like if you if you have a player that doesn't want to be um, a, a part of your organization, and that's it seems like Russell Westbrook made that clear to to the Rockets a couple of weeks ago that he didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, I, yeah, I, I mean I, I agree with trading. Um, but it was kind of trading, uh, one bad contract for another bad contract. And, you know, and John Wall hasn't even played in the last like two seasons because of a pretty major injury. So we'll see, um, if he's able to come back and and be a, be who he used to be or just a contributor. Seems like James Harden is probably going to stick around, um, he may not be the happiest player, though. He, I mean, it seems like he wants to go to somewhere else and not be with the Rockets organization anymore. So, But, you know, the Rockets have the last say in that. So if if they don't want to trade him, they don't have to trade him. That might mean that he, you know, he may not play up to his uh, potential. I don't know. I don't know. You know, hopefully these guys are professionals. You know, it is a professional basketball league. So hopefully these guys can be professionals enough that um, even if they're in a place that they don't really want to be in, they'll uh, they'll play. And not do the uh, Anthony Davis thing that he did in New Orleans a couple years ago, where he was basically said, "I don't want to be here," and then just set out the rest of the year. Um, but the NBA trades and all that has been—it's been pretty fun to watch. Um, personally, for my my favorite team, the Thunder, uh, I, I don't know <laughs> what to expect this year. Uh, I guess don't expect a lot of wins based on the roster that they have assembled, and and that's a good thing. I'm I'm good with that. I, I, I think that's what the organization for the Oklahoma City Thunder needs to do right now is um, try to get a high draft pick. And, and hey, you know, that Rockets draft pick next summer, um, you know, if they were to trade James Harden, it would be pretty good for the Thunder probably because then that pick that was a part of the Russell Westbrook trade could become a lot more valuable than it looks like it could be at this moment. So, so, yeah. Okay. Um. I would like to talk about NFL just a second. Um, man, the COVID situation in NFL is just wreaking havoc at the moment. And that game the other night on Wednesday, that uh, Baltimore-Pittsburgh game when I was driving home from, from school and the game was already like in the third quarter, it, it was really weird to have an NFL game on a Wednesday. Uh, I understand why they had to have the game and why they had to push it and everything. But it's just – it seemed like uh, we – it seemed like the sports teams had a pretty good grip on the coronavirus situation. And then these last couple of weeks, maybe not so much. Um, and, you know, probably could say the same for a lot of parts of the country that aren't involved in sports. It seems like this thing's kind of blowing up at the moment. So I hope, uh, I hope everybody that's listening is, is staying safe and being smart out there. Um, well, that'll transition us into one of the main topics that is usually a part of my segment. And that will be, the Oklahoma Sooners college football team. Uh, I guess we'll just start with the Oklahoma State game. Um, that was two weeks ago. Uh, good performance out of Oklahoma. It was a it was a thorough thorough uh, whipping of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, Sooners got up twenty one to nothing real quick. Three straight possessions, three touchdowns. Uh, had a short field on one of those on a turnover by. Uh, a tip ball and an interception by David Aguibu, which was a pretty amazing play. And then um, Oklahoma State's uh, quarterback, Spencer Sanders, took a pretty good uh, shot from uh, Ronnie Perkins, a defensive lineman for OU. And uh, he was out of the game for a while. It was kind of this, it seemed like he was injured and they took his helmet away on the sidelines. But he ended up coming back in in the fourth quarter when the game was kind of already out, out of out of range. And they, and and Mike Gundy puts in uh, Shane Illingsworth. Illingsworth? 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 Uh, for the quarterback spot and i think he was like 5 for 17, 5 for 19 or something passing it was it was not a good uh passing percentage for him and and Oklahoma State just never really got rolling any um you know i heard a lot of hype about um how good this Oklahoma State defense was and um i, I will give them some credit In the second and third quarter Oklahoma didn't really do that do too much on offense and then um then they kind of that first quarter where they scored 21 points. And then that uh, fourth quarter, I think they scored 14. That was very good. But those two in-between quarters, uh, the Oklahoma State defense held tough. Um, however, you know, I think we've got to give a lot of credit to the Oklahoma defense, who's uh, playing very well right now, especially that defensive line. And when the defensive line plays well, it just it seems like it takes a lot of pressure off the secondary, which has been an issue for Oklahoma not just this year, but in, I mean, the last few years, the secondary has been an issue. So when that D line can create pressure without having to blitz a linebacker, um, that's a lot easier on the whole rest of the defense, defensive scheme and everything. So they did a good job. Um, Oklahoma state's got some good players on offense with Tylen Wallace. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard, the running back, I, I don't know. He just, he, he has to be hurt. Like he just has to be hurt. Um, or, or he's just not running hard, and I, I have to think he has to be hurt by the way um, he's been playing. Um, that, their offensive line, though, is really struggling right now, and that Oklahoma just feasted on on Oklahoma State's offensive line, especially Ronnie Perkins, who was in the backfield getting tackles for losses and, and sacks pretty much the entire game. And when he wasn't doing that, he was getting pressure on uh, Sanders or Illingworth. So pretty, pretty impressive performance, I thought, by the Sooners and puts them in place to where if they went out, they will f- somehow find their way into the Big 12 championship game. And it looks like it's going to be a rematch of the Iowa State game. However, uh, back to the coronavirus thing, uh, Oklahoma was supposed to play last Saturday against West Virginia and had some issues with coronavirus. So had a lot of players out, had a lot of coaches out. The basketball team had to a, had a cancel, I think, two or three games. So it was running rampant through the athletic program at Oklahoma. Um, Didn't have enough coaches to have practice for football or they were short on some coaches. So they asked Bob Stoops, the former head coach at Oklahoma, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, to to step in and help with the defensive coaching. Because I think the defensive coordinator at OU had uh, either tested positive or had been in contact tracing so that game against uh, West Virginia that was supposed to happen last week was postponed until next week. And then this week's game against Baylor has been, has been in doubt for most of the week until maybe Wednesday evening and Thursday. And then it seemed like the news coming through that was that coming, the news coming through on that was um, who you will play. So it will be Oklahoma versus Baylor seven o'clock on Fox. So I'm really looking forward to that, especially after not getting to uh having to sit out basically last week and not getting to watch OU play West Virginia. Um, If Oklahoma wins on against Baylor on Saturday, they, they they technically don't have to play the game against West Virginia in case there's another COVID situation. And that game was to get canceled. Um, Oklahoma would have met the threshold for enough games to make it into the big 12 championship game and play and play Iowa state. But, I mean, personally, I would, I would like us to go see, go see us play West Virginia. Um, they're a pretty good team. They have a pretty good defense. Um, Letty Brown's a good running back. So I think it would be a good test for, for the Sooners on the road in two weeks if that game was to happen. And, and as, you know, like we was talking about with the NFL, um, nothing's, nothing can be a for sure thing at this point in time with coronavirus. So we'll see what happens with that game. Um, but this week's game against Baylor, is on, and uh, the Sooners, I think, are a 21 22 point favorite, so pretty heavily favored. Baylor did play pretty well, uh, last week and beat K State, kind of came back, had a little come from behind win with K State. So they got it, they got an okay team. I think that was only their second win, though, this year. So they have a new head coach missing some players that went pro last year. So they, I think they're trying to find their footing, but um, I think Oklahoma should take care of business on Saturday, hopefully, and uh. Then we'll see what happens with the West Virginia game. All right, um, that's all I'm going to talk about for my segment. Uh, thank you guys for listening to our podcast and um, we'll jump into our student segments now.
2: 144 receiving yards at two touchdowns.
3: Match, hey, what's up? This is our Monday Night Football recap on the kind of close games of the Seahawks and the Eagles.
4: Yes. The final it was a Monday Night game, of course. It was Eagles 23 I mean, Seahawks 23, Eagles 17. So the Seahawks won. And the last score of the game was a Hail Mary by the Eagles and it was it was twenty-three to nine and they threw up a Hail Mary and went for two. So it was twenty-three to seventeen, but really it was not really close at all. All right, let's talk about
3: how the quarterbacks did this game.
4: Okay. Well, Carson Wentz on the first five drives. He got like zero. He got, like, four yards on the first five drives. The Seahawks um, were coming through the line, like, every play. He got hit, like, five times in a row. So, didn't really move the ball at the beginning of the game. And Russell Wilson, he didn't really have to do that great because Trillard couldn't score. So, all he had to do was get them down the field, kind of, and then just run the ball.
3: Yeah, I mean, he he didn't play, like, he didn't play, like, he has played in before games. Yeah, like Depends
4: after few weeks. He's not got. He's like he was throwing like five touchdowns, four touchdowns at the beginning, and now he's throwing like two or so. Yeah, it's- he needs to hit his targets. Carson, um, he, he really needs to hit
5: his targets. Wilson, I felt like played how Wilson plays.
3: I mean. In the end, got the job done, but he—it wasn't—it wasn't like one touchdown. That's not too big
4: of a difference, guys. In the, in the towards the end of the game, Wilson threw a perfect ball to Metcalf, and he just dropped it in the end zone. It would have been a touchdown. Oh
2: just- my gosh
4: for no reason it was uncontested and it just went right through his hands oh hey, how did
6: the running
5: backs
7: play?
4: Yeah, how did the running backs doing this game Well, they have two. One of them is Carlos Hyde, the other one is Chris Carson. And Carlos Hyde did get some more carries. He got more carries than Carson. But Carson's definitely the better back, and he scored. got more fantasy points. Said something. Yeah. And so, the running back,
3: they did fine. Okay, so for the Eagles, they did fine or not?
4: The Eagles, they, okay, this is what happened. They got shut out their first five drives, and then towards the end of the half, they drove down the field and threw a touchdown. It was once to Goddard, and then the next half started, and nothing really happened at the beginning. Then they they
3: well, in the first in the first half, they did have a few amazing uh, well drive, well like an amazing drive all the way down into the end. That that was a good that was a good drive.
4: Yeah. So okay. you know, at the beginning, Wentz was doing so bad that they put in the backup for like two plays, and then they just put him back in.
3: Oh my gosh. But um, yeah, Wentz. <clears throat> that final drive was very. I mean, they they were getting like ten yards. The Seahawks defense. The Seahawks defense played really well. Well, for that last those last drives, not as well. Yeah, they
4: they played really well at the beginning, and then I think somewhere in there, Carlos Dunlap, their best pass rusher, got hurt. Oh, yeah. The
5: Seahawks defense.
4: The Seahawks defense has had a history. Listen to this stat. They were on pace to give give up the most passing yards in NFL history in a season. Yeah. And the third most total yards in a season. But I don't know if that's going to change because of this game.
3: Whenever their defense is worse than the Jets, then you know yeah. that you're <laughs> shape.
4: Metcalf had a monster game. He didn't score, but he had 10 receptions for 177 yards. That's oh, my crazy. God. Him and Darius Slay were. Oh, Darius Slay was covering him, and he could not contain him. It's just Metcalf. There's some catching
5: issues with him. I gotta be honest. There was last week in the end zone. And mm-hmm. then this week, He's gotta catch his passes, but super
3: according. Yep. Yeah. Met Metcalf um so is what you're saying, sorry, it's just you have a bit of a mic problem, but is what you're saying is that Metcalf needs to catch his passes.
4: Yeah. He dropped a few touchdowns in the last few weeks. One of them was really hard and it hit his helmet. And then but this game it was an easy touchdown. He could have easily caught it and he just dropped it.
8: Oh wow.
4: And then Dallas Goddard did pretty well. It's a tight end for the Eagles. He's their best receiver. You know how the Eagles could have drafted Justin Jefferson? But instead, they took Jalen Rager, and Jalen Rager's really bad. Oh, is this like um, another Bears
3: scene of, tri- of drafting Trubitsky whenever they could have yeah, drafted kinda. Mahomes
4: or Watson? Not that big of like a deal, but they could have gotten a good receiver in the first round, but they took not so good in first second round. Um, uh, the Eagles
5: need to stop winning and just get a good draft pick because they're never going to win it
4: in the playoffs, ever. How do you know they could still win? They're in the NFC East. They drafted a quarterback last year. I mean, like this year, but yeah, he doesn't you know, really play. Much starts, and the Eagles recently won a game. The Eagles' leading rusher was Carson Wentz. Listen, I was watching... He did not want to slide. He'd run out of the pocket and he'd be like spinning. He wouldn't even slide at all. I was just waiting for him to get his head blown off. It was hilarious. Quarterback not good,
5: I mean, why drop the quarterback in the second round and they're not going to start him any again? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to start him at the very beginning. But, I mean, give him a
4: chance. Yeah. They should maybe – they might try to start him next game. I don't know. Wentz is just bad. Let's talk about that Hail Mary at the end of the game. They were down 23-10, to and they just tossed up a Hail Mary. And it hit off the guy's hand, and then Richard Rodgers – The second tight end caught it one-handed off the bounce, and then made the game 23-15, to and then they went for two and got it. And then they got an unsuccessful onside kick after that. But the Hail Mary was pretty cool. Didn't really change anything, though.
3: Yeah, like, it's kind of one of those desperate things. Plays whenever you barely have any time left, you're already gonna lose. But yeah. you think, well, just why not? Max is asking, was the Hail Mary luck or skill?
4: I don't think, I don't know. Hail Mary, you can't really tell if it's a luck or skill. It's That's true. Yeah, the, that, when, when, if you were watching me, you could see that the tight end that caught it, he had fast reflexes. So I guess that was skill, but. I don't know. And was this t-
3: <clears throat> sorry? Was this tight end for the Seahawks or the Eagles?
4: Oh, the Eagles. Got it. Oh.
2: Rogers.
4: So the Eagles were down nine to twenty-three, and they threw up a hail mary, and then they made it nine to fifteen, and then they went for two. I mean, they made it twenty-three to fifteen, and then they went for two and made it twenty-three to seventeen.
2: So, the game was never close at all. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Tyler Lockett did not have a very impressive game. Three receptions for 20 yards. Hey, uh, Charles, I'm pretty sure you're
3: having mic problems. All right.
4: What about the running backs for the Eagles? They have two decent running backs, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. But they only got a combined total carry a combined total of carries of eight between the two. Miles Sanders got six carries for fifteen yards, and Scott got two carries for seven yards. So that the run game did not help them out. Yeah. The Seahawks line is playing really well, and their secondary is playing well, too. They're back to the low scoring games. At the beginning of the, in the game, the games were like 30, 30, 40, 40. Uh, who's Jalen Hurts? He is their second string quarterback, their backup that they drafted this year. And uh, how, he, how did he do anything this game, or was he benched? He threw, he threw one pass for six yards. He was in for two plays. One of them, he almost got, he got hit, I think, and then he threw it away, and then the other one, he completed a pass for six yards. But they didn't keep him in because it was like third. It was like first and 20, and then he got no yards on second. I mean, on first, and then he got six yards on second. So then they just put in once. Okay. So, yeah. So
3: I think that that wraps up our Monday night podcast. Tune in next time to hear the game of Steelers versus Washington.
4: Yeah. Have a good day.
9: Welcome back to Power Five College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Graf, joined by Western Bender and Brain Blackburn. So we didn't record last week. So we're going to be talking about games from week 12 and also last week in week 13. So starting with week 12, I did Kentucky against Alabama. Now obviously you knew that Alabama was going to win by 60. It happened. Um Alabama um won 63 two weeks ago. Um everyone knew Bama would win by 60, but they took care of business as needed. Devontae Smith, the nation's best wide receiver, had 144 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Highest frontrunner Mac Jones had 230 yards. He didn't play the whole game because he obviously didn't need to because they were so much. Looking at the season for both those teams so far, Alabama has played incredible. They look like a number one team all season. They didn't back down versus Kentucky. On the other side, Kentucky, they've underperformed this year. They started the season ranked at 23 when they played Auburn. But they, but they started the season 0-2 and quickly fell. I mean, to be fair, they have had to play teams like Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Auburn, but still, I mean, during the SEC, that's what you get if you're in the, that conference t- division. They can be optimistic about their future, because I mean, they're only getting better, not worse. Okay. Going on to Week 13, the Longhorns and Iowa State Cyclones, um, pretty disappointing game, pretty disappointing season. Um, not the heartbreaking loss, or or should I say disappointing, unnecessary. Another terrible loss, I'll say. It was Sam Ellinger's last game as a Longhorn at home. And to be fair, it was just a disappointing season all year. We lost to TCU, Oklahoma, Iowa State. We could have easily won any of those games. You can't blame the kicker of the Longhorns for the miss because the 57-yarder, it's hard, even for the NFL. Sam Ellinger took a costly sack on the second-to-last play, which made the field go longer. Longhorns lost because of their coaching. They had a fake punt in their territory and didn't convert. I thought they would have learned something because the day before the Cowboys did that and they failed. Sam Allen got 298 pass yards, 65 rush yards, but Iowa State running back Brees Hall, who's been the best in the country all year, had ninety one rush yards and touchdown. Texas lost another unnecessary game to Iowa State for the second straight year and followed a five and three. All right, Charlie Graf signing off up next. Weston, you want to go?
10: Okay, yeah, sure. Hi, so I'm Weston, and I'm reporting on uh, Clemson versus Pitt and Wisconsin versus Northwestern. So first, week 12, upset City. So number 10 Wisconsin loses to number ten uh, or it's n- number 19 Northwestern, 17-7. Wisconsin should have won this game. Wisconsin had two fumbles and three interceptions, though, a lot of which were really, really close to the Northwestern. Wisconsin had over the ball so many times. It would have been a sure game for them. I mean, yes, Wisconsin had so many turnovers. I feel like Northwestern's defense was playing pretty good, and they got their offense back on track in the second half. Their QB threw for 200 yards and two touchdowns, which is solid, and he didn't throw a single interception. Their receiving squad is also good, putting putting up over 230 yards and two touchdowns. Overall, Northwestern played pretty good, but they had to rely on five turnovers to beat Wisconsin. This past Saturday, Wisconsin was set to play Minnesota, but that was canceled, so now they play Indiana uh, next Saturday. That will be a good game. I think Indiana will win because Indiana still looks like a very solid team. And then this last Saturday, Northwestern was supposed to play Michigan State, who they lost to 20-29. So Northwestern's probably out of the uh, playoff. I don't think they're going to get back in. And then this next Saturday, is supposed to play Minnesota, but that game was also canceled. So they're going to finish off their season playing at Illinois. So, this next game in Week 13 was the Clemson Tigers beating the Pittsburgh Panthers 52-17. So considering this was senior day, <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence and Company put on a show. So, Trevor Lawrence had uh, threw 26 out of 37 passes for 403 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions, which is pretty good considering he hasn't played in five weeks. Travis Etienne had a rocky start the last couple of games, but he had two touchdowns and averaged five yards a carry. Cornell Powell had a fantastic game with five catches for 176 yards, one one of which was a uh, 43-yard touchdown off of a flea flicker, and 70 more of those yards was on a one-handed grab. This was his third game with over 100 yards, being only the third Clemson to do that. Clemson was dominant throughout the game, scoring 31 points in the first quarter. Um, Part of this problem was Pitt's throwing game. Kenny Pickett, the Pitt QB, threw four interceptions, three of which were in the first eight minutes of the game. Anyway, Clemson, after losing to Notre Dame, having a bye, and then having a postponed FSU game, played real hard and looked pretty solid. I'm sure they won. Okay. Saturday, Clemson plays Virginia Tech, and which should be a pretty easy game. And Pitt finishes the regular season at Georgia Tech. Now Pitt will probably win. Georgia Tech has shown rare bouts of good playmaking. All right, next, Braden Blackburn.
11: Okay, so for my Week Twelve game, I'm gonna give you a recap over the Cincinnati UCF game. I watched this game. Hoo-wee, this game was good. It was just a back-and-forth game. After the first quarter, I really thought UCF was going to pull up this upset. But then, I remember, you can't sleep on Cincinnati. This Cincinnati team is good. Um, their QB, Desmond Ritter, threw for 338 yards in two touchdowns in zero um interceptions. And their leading rusher had 97 yards and no touchdowns. And Desmond Ritter also rushed. For two touchdowns in fifty-seven yards. On the other side of football, UCF their QB looked really good too. Lefty Dave, um, Dylan Gabriel for two hundred forty-three yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Like both of these QBs played amazing. But UCF was coming in as a top-five offense in all of college football. And you want to know what Cincinnati did? Held them to thirty-three points. Thirty-three points. You may be like, um, that's not amazing. For a top-five offense in college football, that is very good. Looking at this game now, Cincinnati is in an awkward situation, not being in a top-five conference, but I still think there's a percent chance that they could sneak into college football playoffs, and I, I'm i rooting for them. Looking at UCF, they drop now to 5-3. and three. Oh, this, this was just a good game. Now for my week 13 game, I'm going to give you a recap over the Notre Dame UNC. Looking at this game, the North um Notre Dame looked really good. They've held North Carolina's offense to 17 points, 17. And this offense was putting up 40 points like every week. Um Notre Dame, Ian Book had a really Consistent game, that's what he is right now. He had 279 yards throwing and one touchdown. And then their leading rusher, On Williams, had 124 yards and two touchdowns. But when you're in Notre Dame, you don't need Ian Book to play good just because their defense is that good so that they don't have to score that many points. Looking at UNC, Sam Howell was held to 211 yards and one throwing touchdown and one rushing. 211 yards and two touchdowns. This guy was never held to this much. Looking at this game, this game was a crucial point for Notre Dame because now they only have one more game left, and this was their hardest game remaining on their schedule. So this could put them in a number two spot. If they do beat uh, Clemson, I think they will get the number two spot. But I think if they still lose to Clemson, I think they're in.
9: Um... Do you guys want to talk yeah. about the... So We have more news. Like The Indiana quarterback, Michael Panix Jr., he tours ACL, so he's out for season. But that Indiana, is- did you hear?
6: Indiana
11: has a four-star recruit on their bench. I'm not saying that's... He could be bad, that, but... That's good,
9: but like, it's, it's tough if your quarterback who's led you to a number 10 spot is out for season. Yeah, that's but too- he's like, still good. Indiana's uh, defense is super good. It, They've had, you know, so Justin Fields threw three interceptions in that game against them. I mean, yeah, just the Yeah, they, they could have won that game, if they were not, but Ohio, Ohio State's too much for them. Um, okay, I forgot to say the Texas Iowa State game. Since Iowa State won, if Texas won that game, they would have made the Big 12 championship. It was going to be Iowa State against Oklahoma, since they beat Oklahoma State uh, week 12 last week. That's, that's Interesting. With the most Heisman takes, it's usually been the it's been the same all season. I mean, my number one's changed though. Kyle hey. Trask, because nah. you, you're looking at the numbers he's putting up. It's amazing. Devonte Smith. Yeah. Then I'll put Mac Jones and Devontae. the Heisman
11: war. Heisman's the best player in college football. It doesn't the best player in college football right now is a wide receiver for Alabama named Devontae Smith.
9: Devontae Smith, he's been every since Jalen Waddell got that knee injury or that leg injury,
11: he's, he's been Still, he was up. even good with Jalen okay. Waddell. He was good, yeah. This he was guy, good with was him, in, but Cohen still. He, in my opinion, Yo, I, I think see. he's the best player for college football. Like, in his last game, he had two touchdowns, 171 yards, seven receptions.
9: He's I like mean, he's amazing. He's too much for a, any defender. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, yeah, I think since Alabama's going to be the lock. They're locked for number one spot. Devontae yeah. Smith. He's gonna be too much for whoever oh, they They're the
10: best team in college football right now.
9: They are yeah, the best
10: team. When you look at the ESPN Mock Heisman, Mac Jones got 59 votes. Kyle Trask got 58 uh, votes. So you know it's really who's after close. them. Who's behind them
9: in uh, like Trevor the Mock Heisman? Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah.
10: Devonte.
9: J- uh, yeah. Smith is. Smith. Yeah. Is he in, is he like a junior, or, is he a junior or sophomore? Smith is a senior. Oh, he's a senior. Yeah, I remember because he was that guy who caught the touchdown in the national championship versus Georgia. So, what's everyone's? So, I think we got an idea on what the ACC championship is going to be. Obviously, Clemson and Notre Dame. How do you see that game ending up in December or in a couple weeks?
10: I mean, honestly, at this point, I think it's definitely going to be a good game to watch. I don't think there's going to be one clear winner. I think it's yeah, definitely. Probably I whose know, defense shows
9: up. Like I've said before, if I don't, I'm not going to say Clemson would have won if Trevor Lawrence played against Notre Dame. But like, but I think but if Trevor looking a lot
11: better too, and Ian Books looking better. So, oh, yeah, they yeah, still win this game.
9: But if Trevor Lawrence played that game against Notre Dame, he would. They wouldn't have to take into two straight sacks in overtime. They probably would have gotten <laughs> a first down. They could have sort a touchdown. Yeah,
11: who knows? They Notre Dame now has a better chance of winning this game than they did. If Trevor Lawrence played, because now Ian Books showing up that he's pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. His defense he's is amazing. Cool. Their defense is looking unstoppable. They held UNC to
9: 17 points. And Seven. have you seen how good Sam Howell's been this year? Yes, yeah, it's Sam Howell.
10: They held his offense to 17. That's, what, that's how good yeah, they are. I think that's, it's good, but I think, I don't know. Clemson, the main problem for uh, the game a couple weeks ago is that their defense wasn't there. I think they had, like, four or five starters out. Yeah, because that was, like, the week after their – what was his name?
9: Their linebacker got out for season. And if he played, he could have stopped the Notre Dame offense.
11: This is how many points UNC scored before they played Notre Dame. 59,
9: 56,
11: 44, 48. True. All right. That's an amazing
9: offense. Held to 17.
10: That's going to about take us to our time. Thank you so much. See you all next week.
2: Hi, I'm Lior Frita, and today I'm with Christian.
12: And over, over Thanksgiving break, we have had a very, very sad, very, very sad occurrence. With Diego Armando Maradona has passed away from a heart attack. It was a very tragic day. Everybody knows that name. He's better than Messi and Ronaldo combined. He's one of the best players to walk the earth. It's a very, very sad day. He he's won two World cups. He's done so much. He brought and he made Napoli a team to for young players that would want to go to a team that's recognized as one of the best teams in the world right now. This man, if you had him. You're an amazing player. Right now, so many players are are in grief. So many players are sad. A lot of coaches that played with him heartbroken. Right now, Lionel Messi and Sergio Aguero are pretty sad because Sergio Aguero married one of Maradona's daughters. Now, Christian, can you take it away from here?
2: Another tragic thing
5: that happened in the game versus Wolf versus Arsenal was that Raul Jimenez, he's
2: really injured, like really bad in the hospital. He's recovering though. Remember, the best he collided heads with David Luiz. It was, yeah, Dave, David Luiz, the Brazilian center back. And they were on a corner kick for Arsenal. And
5: then they just collided heads with each other. And the game has just started, so yeah, I hope he recovers
2: fast. Now we're on to Caesar. Let's look, let's look at
12: some of the stats on the Premier League. Right now, with strong Tottenham, with George, Gio, Giorgio Marino, with his amazing coaching keeping them, Tottenham Spurs had the number one place in the Premier League, with Liverpool right behind them and right behind Liverpool's Chelsea. But. <laughs> But uh during the break Chelsea also secured their place in the in the Champions League round of 16. Barcelona has been doing good even though they've been having all these crises. Like Christian Did you see like the recent game? Like it's just amazing. You see Griezmann's back. And you see these other players that are just bam, bam, bam. Their attack is unbelievable, and their defense is really good. What do you think about that?
5: It's really incredible how they are right now to compared to the last season. Losing from 8-2 to,
12: to now winning every game they possibly can. Yep. But it's a little bit sad. You see them winning every game in the Champions League uh, group stage. But you don't see them winning while league games. It's just a very sad thing to see Barcelona. We've seen so many things from Barcelona. It's just heartbreaking because a lot of kids remember, a lot of kids that follow the soccer world like us too, like teenagers that seen like in like in twenty fourteen. They saw the World Cup, right? They saw all the amazing things Messi pulled off. It was Messi, 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 Messi. And Messi had his magic. He carried his team since 2017. And Neymar left, which kind of left the team in a little bit of ruins. Their attack wasn't as good. And And then, basically, Real Madrid just starts... Winning, winning, winning over and over again. They beat the first team I forgot. Then they beat Juventus. Then they beat Liverpool. Come on. And it's just, wow. And then Barcelona looks like they're the team that's going to win the Champions League. I think the death of Maradona has just, like, literally ignited a flame. Because... Because of what, how hard they've worked for them, and also in Napoli, like I think they may actually come out. I haven't been watching them, but it's a, it's a, it's a very, very sad time for Napoli, and a very times, a very sad time in the soccer world. Um, Pele lost his biggest rival, the second best soccer player on the earth. Valle is number one, maybe even tied with Maradona. But it's just sad to see a legend like Diego die and p- go, pass away. And all I know is that I'm gonna miss this guy. Like I, I, all when I, when I first, when I was around like six years old, like all, I, all the only thing I can remember, I never watched a game, but all I know is that Diego Maradona, all I knew was Diego Maradona was one of the best in the world. He was the best. It was extremely hard to get the ball from him. His, te- his technique, wow, wow, wow. It was a really, really nice technique. He, he did amazing. He kept it up. He kept on pushing, pushing, pushing. He pushed Napoli to the champs. To the country, for, he won the Italian Cup with him. He won the UEFA Championship with him. So, if I if I want to see anything in the next two years, I want to see I want to see Argentina winning the World Cup honor Diego Armando Maradona, and I want to see Napoli winning a Champions League. Come on, Napoli or Barca? But it's a. Uh, also, some other things is that. Uh, Ronaldo may be leaving Juventus. Uh. There are very, very, very high stakes that Messi's leaving right now. Antoine may be going back to. Uh, Clatico Madrid. It there's some there's some big stuff going on, but. It's just hard to see that that Messi would leave Bar- Barcelona, the team that he grew up in. He's been playing in that team since he was 12 years old, 12 to 13, right? And it's just amazing to see. Wow. Yeah. And now he's leaving that team that he's played for his whole life. And he may be going to Man City. All I know is that he's definitely not going to Real. But there's some... Also, there's some pretty big conflict in Juventus. Every time that Ronaldo's off the field, they're not
2: playing good at all. Pablo Diablo... Pablo Diablo... isn't...
12: isn't... isn't scoring... he he isn't scoring his free kicks. Um... But Ronaldo's probably one of the only scorers, but when he's off the field, literally, it's just sad to see Juventus uh, lose their momentum. They just lose their momentum and lose all control. And I'm going to have to wrap it up here. Thank you. This is our podcast, Soccer Champion. And I'm Leo Frita. Thank you for listening to our podcast.
13: to our football podcast in this podcast we'll talk about the Chiefs and Buccaneers game
14: uh, the battle of uh, high-powered offenses Patrick Mahomes was 37 for 49 for 462 yards and three touchdowns
8: Clyde Edwards Hilaire ran the ball 11 times for 37 yards Patrick Mahomes ran the ball four times for 28 yards
13: Terry kill had 13 catches for 269 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh,
14: Travis Kelsey had eight catches for 82 yards.
8: He also attempted a pass and it was incomplete.
13: John Brady was 27 for 41 for 345 yards and three touchdowns with two interceptions.
14: Uh, Ronald Jones ran the ball nine times for 66 yards.
13: Rob Gronkowski had six catches for 106 yards.
14: And Chris Godwin had eight catches for 97
13: yards.
8: Mike Evans had three catches for 50 yards and two touchdowns.
13: Ronald Jones had one catch for 37 yards and the touchdown scored with great balance on the sideline.
14: Tom Brady's two interceptions were thrown to... Tyron Matthew and Rothschild Breland. The Buccaneers, uh, the Buccaneers were down most of the game, so they had a a play to catch up, and they came up just a little short.
2: The score
8: was twenty seven to twenty four. The Chiefs won. The Chiefs' next game against the Broncos is against the Broncos on Sunday Night Football.
13: The Buccaneers' next game is against the Vikings.
8: Yeah. I don't know. I knew the Chiefs were going to win, honestly. Yeah,
14: Yeah, the Chiefs are.
8: It was pretty close, but they still won.
14: Yeah, the Chiefs are definitely better than the Broncos. Not the Broncos, uh, the Buccaneers.
8: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they have Tom Brady, but he's, like, getting old now and stuff like that. They have a lot of great stars. Like They have, like, the fastest player ever, Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes, of course,
0: and, yeah. Overall, Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs led in passing and Tom Brady on the Buccaneers. Clyde Edwards Hilaire led in rushing on the Chiefs and ronald jones II on the buccaneers kansas city chiefs tyree hill led in receiving and rob gronkowski on the buccaneers there was one never mind
14: Uh, apparently the chiefs beat uh, the bucks for the first time since 1993.
8: That's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, well, who do you think's better, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady?
14: Like right now, I think Patrick Mahomes is
2: better. Yeah,
8: Patrick Mahomes is definitely better than Tom Brady right now, but, like, overall, it's obviously Tom Brady.
2: Yeah.
8: Tom Brady was, you know, in his prime, and obviously he, he'd, he'd be better than Patrick Mahomes, but...
14: Yeah, like he's been in like the league for like
4: a long time.
8: Yeah, when is he retiring again? Next year,
4: this year, I don't know.
8: Also, um what are y'all's thoughts on the Russell Westbrook trade with John Wall and one draft pick? Who do you think won that trade?
14: I'm sorry to tell but I, I feel like the rockets like
8: warm. Yeah. Well, we have to see how good John Wall will be after his injury. Because John Wall is kinda like Russell Westbrook. Like without the dunks and stuff. But like you know, he won't I don't know. I feel like we just got we just got another Russell Westbrook but with a draft pick. So that's kinda that's kinda good. And I don't know, the Washington Washington is gonna be good. All they need is a a center. And they could probably make the playoffs.
2: Yeah,
14: what, what do you think about like Harden going to the Nets?
8: Uh, I don't think Harden is going he's staying in Houston for another year, I think.
14: I feel like he wants like a ring. Like
8: Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, we do have John Wall, but, and then we also have DeMarcus Cousins, like, that, that's coming, and he's, he can use, but it is off injury, so we don't know how he's going to play.
14: Yeah, like, uh, the Rockets, like, sort of depend on, like, the first game, like, see how they're playing.
8: Yeah, that's why. I'm, and when did the season, when does the season start again? Like, December?
13: Yeah, I think. 2nd. December. I think. I think it's December 22nd.
8: Yeah, 22nd. That's right. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it depends. And then what other trades happen? The Lakers got like a lot of trades in.
14: Yeah, they signed uh, like LeBron for like two years for like a huge contract. They Anthony Davis for like five years. They
8: traded Kuzma, right?
14: I think so. I it,
8: yeah. And then they also Traded JaVale McGee And then Who else They trade I forgot who they traded But um, Schroeder Is going to them The Lakers and then Kelly Oubre is going to Warriors And then Chris Ball is going to Suns That was just like a major like kind of like pyramid trade between the OKC, Suns, and Lakers.
14: Yeah. But I still think like the Lakers are probably the best team still in the NBA. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely.
8: Can you imagine how good they'd be if they got Giannis? <laughs>
2: yeah.
8: Because I think Giannis maybe wants to leave, but like, I don't think it's this season.
14: Yeah, I heard something about him trying to get to the Warriors, maybe.
8: Yeah. It's insane. LeBron said that he wanted to play until his son came to the league and he got to play a year with him. So he might be here for a while.
14: Yeah, sort of like a Tom Brady. Mm hmm.
8: Well, thank you guys for listening. And that was our Western NBA podcast or football um oh, an NFL podcast
14: My name is Caleb.
2: My name is Ethan. And my name is Jace.
14: And we are the Lunch Stars and today we're going to be talking about Houston sports. Um so I guess we'll start with baseball first and Baseball has been pretty slow, so, I mean, yeah. And the only thing we really got is that George Springer could possibly go to the Blue Jays, is a rumor. What do you guys have to say about that?
2: Um,
5: George Springer, he, he did, like, the Astros, game good last season. Probably the best team. Yeah, oh, I mean, probably.
14: he's probably he good one though. of the best hitters, I think last season yeah so it'd be hopefully he stays but i don't know um
2: yeah I I stay. Know. yeah and, I,
15: he like declined the offer with them and i think he's a good player with the astros but i don't know we'll see if he gets traded and see how he plays well with the other team yeah yeah
14: I think, like, um, if he does go to the Blue Jays, um, and, like, the Blue Jays, you know, they need to get, like, I feel like,
2: uh, I don't know, I feel like they need to get more pitching, really. But, like, yeah, they they could be a good team
14: if they, uh, you know, get some players that they need. So, um, yeah, I think that's really it for baseball. I mean, not that much. So, um, yeah. not have anything else, or like, you want to say? Because, like,
2: I think like after
4: day and Korea are probably just gonna stay after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think yeah. Altuvian, Korea, like
14: yeah, to Van Korea, and maybe probably Alex Bergman, most likely. Yeah. But, um. All right. So. In basketball. Um the Rockets traded Russell Westbrook for John Wall to the Wizards. And um Yeah. So you guys like watch basketball or?
2: I don't really watch that. My dad
5: does. And like, I know the whole plan. Russell Westbrook was he like really good.
14: Yeah, he's pretty good. Um John Wall's more of like a defensive player, which is what the um Rockets needed. Like, because, you know, the Rockets, they they don't really have that many like defensive sided players except maybe like one or two. So they have to be more defensive players. And they also got uh, a new center, DeMarcus Cousins, which um he's been in the league for like a few years now, but he got injured and yeah, so, like, he hasn't really been doing as good as he did, uh, like, before the injury. So, we'll see what he does, you know, in Houston. Um, you guys have, you know, anything you want to say about that? Or you guys have any other, like, you know, difference?
5: Like
2: football. What's going on in football?
14: Yeah, Texans, you know, have been, you know, struggling.
2: Yeah.
14: yeah. Like, well Fuller, he did pretty good like like um two weeks ago, but in this week he got suspended for like using illegal substances. Uh, yeah for like three games. So um yeah it'll be interesting to see like I don't know, I mean uh, like I think like next year like the sports for like Houston are gonna be way different. They're yeah.
2: just
14: mm-hmm. like changing up the teams and like uh you know, changing everything up, you know. So it'd be interesting to see like how everything like works. Especially like what with, with the you know, like are they good are they gonna be a good team or a bad team, you know? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I just uh I think that personally, um, I think the uh, Rockets, they're going to do pretty good. Like, I, they might go to the finals. I don't know. Uh, well, I think they're probably going to go to, like, Game 7 with the Lakers in the playoffs. But And for the Astros, I don't know. Like,
2: because, yeah. Yeah.
14: Like, like, the people that would, um, you know, usually, like, we expect to do pretty good. Like, they didn't, like do that good this year yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
14: well TV in Korea they're kind of like they might have like one like good hit like um you know one good
2: yeah
14: hit, you know which is not like it's good but like we kind of expect more you know because they're really good so
2: yeah
14: so I mean like I have to think like the uh I think Brantley is going to be, like, really good next year.
2: Yeah, Brantley did
15: pretty um, um So Westbrook was um, getting traded to Washington. I think it already happened,
2: actually.
14: Yeah, yeah. He he got traded for uh, John Wall. Yeah. I mean, with that, I, I think the the Wizards, like, I don't know. I think they're going to be the same. Just not,
2: like, a you know, not like a playoff contender team, just you know, trying to rebuild. So I don't, I don't
14: really expect much of like um, the first few. Also Westbrook. Like so yeah, um, I
15: don't, I don't really know who will be would be the main players on the Astros. Um, James Harden is also like on the edge of trading as well. So without those two players, who you guys yeah, think would no, be like the main focus?
2: About, on that? Yeah. On the Rockets, I'm Yeah, which
14: is the thing is that like John Wall and James Harden would be like really good. I feel like, but if you know James Harden gets traded, then I don't know, he might be like you know, over for the Rockets. Maybe I don't know.
2: Yeah, well,
14: like, oh. I don't know. like if we do trade James Harden, then like it depends who we get back in return.
15: Yeah, because he's the, I guess he's a well-known player. I don't don't know, based, like, on his skill level, but I don't know who they would trade him for. They may, they, he may get traded for a couple of people, like, in return, because he's one of the, yeah, he's one of the best players on the Rockets and in basketball, so, yeah. Yeah.
14: I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see because I feel like um, I feel like he could maybe get traded for like. Uh, he's gonna get traded for like a top tier player. Like I feel like, because yeah, you trade him.
2: Like,
15: they wouldn't trade him for somebody with less skill level because that's just worse for them. They've already yeah. lost Russell Westbrook, and I'm not a huge basketball fan, so I don't really know most of the players. So, I mean, they do have good players, but they do have like. Those top players that yes. really, you know. And get with
14: the new team. coach of, like, the Rockets, like, with the, because uh, they got a new coach. So, like, it'll be interesting to see how he, like, works in, like.
15: Yeah, how he works with the players and if they can, yeah. like, if he can help coach them better and they can become a better team. Yeah. Yeah.
14: Because we already have, like, pretty good players. We just, you know, if the team comes together, then I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll definitely make it to the playoffs.
15: Yeah, because like yeah, in basketball, it's not always just about the players. Like the coaching and how they let yeah, them perform, exactly. and that like shows how they're gonna play.
14: Anyone? Anyone have you know any other thoughts on Houston sports? Well,
2: I mean, Houston,
14: they're not like a good sports. except maybe like we're good like basketball, baseball.
4: Like, basketball's good, but like baseball and football haven't been doing good
14: i mean we we made it to the playoffs in baseball it's not bad but you know kind of expect a little bit more you know
2: yeah
14: our football is not that good though all right i think we're gonna end it here um thank you for listening
16: Hello, and welcome back to the Shot Clock, the NBA recap podcast segment. Um, it's been a busy couple of weeks in, in the NBA. Uh, obviously, we didn't record last week uh, due to Thanksgiving, but this week we're going to be going over uh, some trades that have been brewing and the Christmas Day matchups, our predictions and what it kind of means for the NBA, as well as some discussion about opening night. Um, so do you want to get us started with one of the biggest trades just came out a couple of days ago? Um, Rob Wall, uh, sorry, John Wall for John Wall and a first round pick for Russell Westbrook. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that trade?
17: Uh, I think it's not that much a trade. They both they're similar. They uh, both of your teams. They 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 got like the same player. They didn't switch position or anything. But, but the thing is the wizard uh, wizard got Wes Westbrook and the I think, it's the wizard coach. I think Wes Westbrook had been with the wizard coach before in Oklahoma. So they have chemistry. And I also think John Wall, is good for the Rockets because he's not, he could shoot. He's a slow pace. He's like a traditional point guard that could shoot, make layup, shoot mid range. He's not like a only fast. Base point guard like what's Westbrook, west he could make a fast pace but he's like regular slow pace
16: so yeah you think he's kind of more fit for the rockets offensive of kind of just like sit back get hard in the ball and just kind of play safe until you get an open shot yeah, it,
17: it's, yeah. Kind of more open, uh, it's gonna get the pressure off of uh shoulder a little bit. John okay. Hunt, He's like an off star point guard, but he's been out of the league for two years, so we don't know how he's gonna how he's gonna look.
16: Yeah, it's kind of a risky trade on the Rockets' part, yeah. right? Because because you don't know if John Wall's gonna be good coming back from his injuries. Plus, yeah. you kind of have to gamble on a first-round pick, while um while the Wizards know exactly what they're getting. They're getting Russell Westbrook. So I don't know. It's I feel like the trade. It's because tender, the, the, like nothing really the, 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 the Westbrook tend. is better than John Wall. Westbrook is absolutely better than John Wall. There's no yeah.
17: That's no question because John Wall been out in for the season for two years. Yeah,
16: yeah, but it's that first round pick. It's a protected first round pick. Um, yeah. it it could it could end up being a better trade. Pick the, or,
2: sure. <laughs>
17: They both get like the same, they uh, both don't get the same play, but like they have like the same status, the same. But the thing is, Russell Westbrook is just a little bit faster.
2: Mm-hmm.
17: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah,
6: they both yeah. got massive contract extensions. Yeah,
17: Anthony Davis, and Davis, we signed with the Lakers for five year, one hundred and ninety two million deal. And LeBron James re-signs with the Lakers for two years, eighty-five million dollars.
6: Which and LeBron's contract extension is the second biggest one in NBA history. The first biggest is Damian Lillard of the Trailblazers, who got his extension last year or two years ago. Wow. So <laughs> I think the Lakers are going to be contenders for years and years to come because they locked up two of the star players, and Le- LeBron has shown that he hasn't aged. It. He doesn't age like usually players. Uh-huh. like, like starting a client after year, thir- like after thirty 35 but lebron is going like on like he's um i think he's like 36 he's thir-
16: yeah he's, th- he's 35 and he plays like he's 27 it's great because like i feel like if if lebron keeps this up he's 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 a serious contender for the best basketball player of all time
6: Yeah, in my opinion, like, so what everybody says that Jordan has over LeBron is the championships. I think by the end of LeBron's career, I think he can easily get two more championships or maybe three and tie or take the lead over Jordan. Yeah,
16: yeah, yeah. So, okay, now let's – oh, also, Anthony Davis, right? So those two, as a duo, are so incredibly scary, all right, because they're both top ten players in the league, right?
6: I'd say top five.
16: Yeah, yeah, they're both – Arguably top five. So, so to put them together. And to really give them time. To form a dynamic. And really get used to each other's play style. Yeah because least the next two only years. one
6: year. And they want a championship.
16: So. Yeah, yeah. If they can, it, 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 And you know. LeBron has almost more experience than anybody. Alright. He knows how a team dynamic works. He knows what he has to do. And what he has to make his teammates do. This could be so so scary the only problem is the cap is kind of the cap space um for the for uh for the lakers right because they have but two... the
6: lakers Like i said that, they did, that didn't matter and then they basically t- t- brought in the two best bench players in the nba dennis schroeder and Montrez harrow to make their bench even scarier
16: yeah yes yeah, so maybe that's yeah, not yeah. the problem like the lakers they're so scary this year Yeah. It's and that and that's kind of and that's kind of how we're gonna prove it is uh, with this Christmas games. So first game uh, on my it's radar. The first game is gonna be the Lakers
17: versus Clippers. Uh,
6: yeah. So on opening day, yeah, uh, it's gonna be Lakers versus the um, the Clippers. But oh, yeah. well, on Christmas, the Lakers are gonna play. Um, the Lakers are gonna play the Mavericks, which is gonna be a pretty good game because Luka Doncic, in his second season, was an MVP candidate. So we oh. could, and Kristaps Porzingis has got some extra time coming off of his injury. So I think like it going to be a really good game.
16: Yeah, and it'll be kind of a it'll be kind of a test, not only for the Lakers but also for Luka Don Luka Doncic. Like yeah, he's he's he like as you said, MVP contender, and he's really and he's really finding his way into the league you know like he's really getting his freaking, kind of figuring out how stuff works in the league so he could end up being an extremely good player like he isn't already but like <laughs> but he could be like on top yeah yeah so this is going to be kind of this will be a test you know yeah.
6: And then another big game is um like it's a show off between, you know, another big game is like a, a big Eastern Conference battle. The Nets versus the Celtics. The Nets have um like Kevin Durant who's coming off his Achilles injury obviously. And then Kyrie Irving who sat out during the bubble for other reasons. So I think um I think like that this will this will be a great game because the Celtics are like have an experienced team that have been together for like a couple years now, with like Walker and um, Tatum and Brown and yeah, Mark Smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the Nets, they I think going will be a great game.
16: Mm-hmm. And it's kind of yeah. it's kind of funny, right? Because because Boston and New England in general is kind of famous for having the most absolutely insane fans, right? You look at what the, you read about what the Patriots with the Patriots fans do outside of Foxborough, and it's nuts, all right. But since, since like the fans are kind of restricted, right, since due to COVID, the, the, the Celtics fans kind of have to have another angle of attack to get at Kyrie. Yeah,
6: it, it'll be it'll be pretty interesting. Like if they have fans or don't have fans this year. I don't know if they've ever said anything about it, but the the date like the date um uh, for opening day is approaching pretty soon. It's only in yeah. um yeah,
2: yeah.
6: it's only in
2: uh,
17: next eight, next eight, week, the uh, first—I uh, don't know when the first game is—but the Rockets they're playing on the 11th. The
2: 11th.
17: Yeah, opening day. I mean, the opening day pre-season. preseason. Yes.
6: Yeah. So the Rockets are gonna be pretty interesting this year because I don't know, like.
17: Yeah, they I, also I, got the Marcus Cousins. Like, uh, uh they also got the Marcus Cousin and uh, uh, Christian Wood from the uh, Detroit, uh, Detroit too.
6: Yeah, so I think it's like, like so I think our team this year is gonna be better than our team last year because basically our team last so this year we have actual big men. Like last year we played small ball and didn't really work out too well against the Lakers, who so had multiple seven footers on their team. And now we have like Demarcus Cousins who's known for being a pretty good rebounder. And tall.
17: We also could have got Hassan Whiteside, but I don't know why we didn't get it.
6: Yeah, but like I think we want players that could shoot threes and stretch the floor, like Cousins and Wood, because like they're pretty good. So, and I think like we basically turned, we basically turned Covington into like a first-round pick and Cousins and Wood because we like we just traded his salary to basically for nothing and just a first-round pick, and then we turned that salary sp, like that salary cap space, into Christian Wood and Demarcus Cousins.
17: And so, we have to have one more, still one more uh, first round pick from which we got from the Wizard.
6: Yeah. So, like, I think we're like, building our future. Like, this offseason's been pretty productive for us. I think we've made our team better and we're building our future. But the thing is, I don't think we're going to be a pretty big contender next year because the West is so stacked with the Clippers, the Lakers. And we thought the Warriors were going to be really good. But unfortunately, Clay Thompson went down with another like injury. I think it was he tore his Achilles, like Kevin Durant did in the 2019 Finals.
17: Yeah, yeah. that's what I was gonna go. That next, Clay Thompson is out for the season. But the the Warrior directly got into work, and they got Kelly Obrey from the uh, Thunder.
6: Yeah. So it's gonna be pretty interesting. And but like another team that like people are sleeping on is the Portland Trail Blazers. Like they made moves, they got Covington, and then like they still have McCollum and um and McCollum, Damian Lillard, Hassan Whiteside. They have a bunch of players. So yeah, yeah,
17: yeah. yeah, let's talk about the Clippers too. They got Serge Ibaka from the Toronto Raptors, which is yeah. I think is a good trade. He could stretch the four, he could rebound, he could dunk. He's
6: a I think, player. I think Serge is good, but I don't think that matches like the Lakers adding Montrez Harrell and getting Dennis Schroeder. Because that it's like because those two players, they do not have that big egos. They, they 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 know their role. They like they're used to coming off the bench and they can start as well, which makes them so like valuable to the team. And I think they'll be like prove a big like role in the team. For, like, down the stretch, let's say if player other, like, starters get injured, they could be pretty good.
17: Last also, don't forget the Lakers. Also got Marcus Gasol. And, uh, yeah, Marcus yeah.
6: Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So and
17: they, I, Matthews, too, from the yeah. box.
6: It's been, it's been a great offseason for the Lakers. That's, like, yeah.
16: Okay, and then yeah. on to the onto the next game, the Heat versus the Pelicans. That is going to be an interesting game. All right. Yeah, it's going to
6: be like a young showdown. Like the yeah, Heat, yeah. Heat were like a dark horse. They like they,
16: they gonna,
6: It's
17: going to be a. The, the, it's going to be a good game because they just signed their, uh, re-signed their best player for match contract. Bam Adebayo just resigned with the uh, Heat. I wouldn't say best player. And uh, Ingram too. I mean, second best player.
6: Yeah. Because, yeah, him and Butler make a great duo. And if they somehow add Giannis, they'll be unstoppable. Uh But Giannis has not said anything about his future. And he's still remaining silent. So, I don't know if he's going to go into free agency or come back. But I'm not sure.
16: Yeah, and then this is also kind of the test uh, for Zion Williams. Zion Williamson, sorry. Uh, Because he's kind of just like... He, he just punches through everybody, you know. Like he can't stop him. He just keeps going. He could be a great
6: player, but the only problem is that he might be injury prone throughout his career because he already yeah, got a because, knee Yeah, because, because the, the way he plays. Yeah.
16: Because he plays by just like you <laughs> just crashing the board and just punching through everybody, everything in his way. Just it kills, it Just goes right through it. But. Uh, he, again, that's that's really leaving him open for injury. So if he can stay healthy, I feel like he could absolutely be one of the best players in the league if he can yeah. stay healthy. That's a big F. Uh, and then onto the onto uh Milwaukee Bucks versus the Warriors. And I think that
6: would have been a better matchup if they had if with Clay Thompson.
16: Thompson
6: But I think the Bucks are just gonna sweep through them because like okay, like, if okay if Giannis stays, that that'll be an easy win. But if Giannis leaves, then I don't know. It'll be a pretty like pretty good matchup because Curry is like Curry. He's been amazing for the past five years, except for the year he got injured, which was yes last year. And yeah.
16: Yeah, and this is kind of. I feel like this is going to be a big indicator of whether Giannis wants to stay or leave, right? Because it because if he's playing with a bad team, like he there's, there's, he wouldn't want to stay, right? Yeah. Cause it's kind of, it's kind of like, it, it, it's it's really too bad because like, because it's it's this absolute incredible player in Giannis, right? And he's kind of strapped on to this kind of average team, you know. Like if he leaves and joins the Heat in the finals last year, or like anywhere else, really, like it'd be so good to see him with like some real All Star teammates that can really tear people up, you know.
6: I don't know if the Heat have the money for Giannis anymore after giving Bam out a bio, that massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh,
16: but we can hope. We <laughs> we can hope.
2: Yeah.
16: And then the yeah, and again the Warriors, maybe a finals contender if, Clay Thompson wasn't was healthy, you know. Yeah. But with him with him being out for maybe for, for a long time, I'd look li- I- like. A-
6: Yeah, I think it'll be a development year basically for the young players like James Wiseman, like Jordan Poole, and Eric Pascal or something, whatever. But, yeah, it'll be pretty annoying for the Warriors fans knowing that, like, a bunch of them are bandwagons, that they're not winning anymore.
2: Mm -hmm. And,
16: yeah. All right. So, I think with going over all the games, set our opinions, uh, had some stuff on the trades, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, Thank you all. Uh, See uh, see you next week. Bye.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully everyone had a great Thanksgiving. This is Patriots Takeover, and coming up next is Michaela to start off our Week 11 NFL news. For week 11, we have the New England Patriots versus the Houston Texans. This was one surprising game, and yet the Patriots still can't seem to be doing well. Final score was 27-20. Watson played his best with 344 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and no sacks. Now that's a quarterback. And that catch by former Patriot Brandon Cooks was insane. However, questions are circulating around the Patriots. Could Cam lead them to the playoffs? Will they ever become the old Patriots? Did Cam or Brady make the right move? Is the Patriots' season ending? Guess we'll sit back, wait, and see how it all goes down. Eli, what are your thoughts on this
2: one? Honestly,
7: I feel like Cam Newton can do so much better than he's been doing lately. But when we get to the Week Twelve games, I think he shows that because somehow they were able to completely just—they were able to win against the Cardinals, one of, one of the best teams this year. So I think the Patriots could not are gonna go back to how good they were, but they're gonna make the playoffs. If not this, maybe next year, and maybe they'll make a make like a, they'll get a draft of a player that can help, like Jacoby Myers. He just that's really I think the only reason they win is Cam throwing a long one to Jacoby Myers, and then he gets an early touchdown or just a touchdown. I think that's probably the only way they've
2: won so far.
0: Also, another great quarterback is Deshaun Watson. His strength is underrated for sure. He might not be the strongest quarterback, but he's got more than enough to do stuff like that. The Texans are better than their record indicates. Watson could be in the MVP race if the team had a better record. He has a lot of potential as a quarterback record side. Good game overall today. When Deshaun has time in the pocket, his ball placement is elite. It's amazing how it works. Giving elite QB time to throw and good things happen. No sacks, good comp. completion percentage, no turnovers, and you get the win. It's not rocket science. That's how you win football games. Next game for week 12 is the Kansas City Chiefs versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The final score of this game was 27 to 24. The Chiefs pulled this one off. Tyreek Hill goes absolute beast mode with 269 yards and three touchdowns. Looks like we have a cheetah on our hands. Patrick Mahomes blasts the Bucs out of the water with 462 yards and three touchdowns. I feel like Mahomes does this pretty easily every game. Bailey tried his best to fight back against the Chiefs. However, he couldn't pull it off with 345 yards and three touchdowns. I still can't believe that the Chiefs literally put a powerhouse team together. They have Hill, Patrick, and Kelsey. They are really the best of the They are really the best of the best this season. Tyreek Hill shouldn't be allowed on the highway. He'll get pulled over for passing the speed limit. He should be allowed to play two positions at the same time, ride receiver and running back. Tyreek should get MVP this season, cause dude is in his bag. Madison, what do you have to say about this one? I just have to say that this game was very very close, real close. Both teams played hard, the Buccaneers almost had it, but Mahomes, Tyreek and Kelsey gave their team the right hand. Still can't believe that the Chiefs have put such a powerhouse team together. Mahomes and Tyreek is money every time. They have an unmatched chemistry, it's so unreal. They are definitely Super Bowl contenders. The Buccaneers' defense could be described as just enough, but also not enough when it comes to stopping the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. He's disrespectful for doing a backflip for a touchdown, but hey, I don't blame him. He deserves every dime, every coin that the NFL is paying him. Kansas City is still the most dominant team in this under-dominating season. Like, who's going to get the Chiefs? Only Pittsburgh has a decent chance. The score made it look closer than how they actually played. It really was a blowout by the way the game looked. Eli, what do you have to say?
2: Um, the
7: Buccaneers are a great team. but They are just nothing compared to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are, can just destroy anybody. And like you said before, I think the only people that can really stand up to them are the undefeated team, the Steelers. But the Chiefs...
2: I feel like
7: one time, Mahomes isn't the most accurate
2: a lot of the time.
7: So if they're going to lose a game, I'm going to say it's probably going to be more of Mahomes' fault than the other people. But it's not really his fault that they lose. It's more of the team's fault. But I think they're both great teams. And the Chiefs are definitely making the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that's right, Eli. Another week 12 game was the Ravens versus Pittsburgh Steelers. Madison, what is your intel on this game? In the starting of the first quarter, there was a discommunication between the Ravens, and that led to an early turnover. Quarterbacks have to communicate better so that this type of stuff doesn't happen. The Steelers were clearly the favorite going into this game, yet they kept the Ravens in the game and pulled off an ugly win, a Pittsburgh tradition. Pittsburgh aren't really overrated in my opinion, but are they the worst 11-0 team ever? Maybe. Will they get stumped by the Chiefs in the playoffs? Likely, but we can appreciate the fact that going undefeated is hard. Mike Tomlin, their head coach, even said that the only thing perfect about them is their record. He said that their performance in this game was like junior varsity. He was disappointed with his team, but they aren't hyping themselves up about it. They are very humble and mature, so props to them for not being overhyped about their 11-0 record. The Steelers are just making moves with Making moves this season. 10-0? and 0? Wow. They took this game with the final score of 19-14. Ravens fumbled early on handoff between Robert Griffin III and Gus Edwards. There were wild back-to-back interceptions, including a Stewart's pick six. With four minutes left in the first quarter, there were at least already four turnovers. My God, what was going on? Robert Griffin took off with that 39-yard rush. My goodness. Marquise Brown is the next man up. He went sliding on that 70-yard touchdown. That's a beast. The Steelers play Washington next next time. I'm gonna have to watch this one. Can the Steelers pull off, pull off an eleventh win?
7: I'm not too sure because, like you said, they're they're doing good, but they might not be able to hold that for too long. A lot of the other teams that were able to hold it were the Patriots when they were like when they had the, they were in their tip top shape with Tom Brady being good. So I don't I'm pretty sure they're going to lose their next game. If it they I'm pretty sure they don't they have to play the Chiefs soon and the Bills. Yeah. Those might be some of their
2: losses, but they're still making the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to make up the playoffs for sure. Back to week 11, we have the New Orleans Saints versus Atlanta
0: Falcons. Saints without Breeze is actually pretty good. Final score was 24-9. to That pass from Ryan to Ridley was incredible in the first quarter. I think Taysom Hill could be the QB of the future Saints. I don't know when, but he's playing well. Saints defense is the best defense I've ever seen. They only allowed one touchdown these past few
2: games. Might be an early playoff season for them. What do you have on this one, Madison? Yeah, it was a pretty good game, and it was tough. Back
0: to Week 12, the Cardinals versus the Patriots. Newton, Newton, Newton played terrible in the first quarter, had a pick, two sacks, and some bad passes, but he maintained himself throughout the rest. Damian Harris, though, he is a 5'11", 214 pounded beast. He is the NFL's number one quarterback, Number one running back, according to Pro Football Focus. In the third quarter, off the return kick, Patriots wide receiver Gunnar Osweski ran all the way through everyone, had a lot of space, got the touchdown, but the stupid refs want to call a blindside block on the Patriots when the dude on the Cardinals literally lowered his shoulder to make contact. But I don't really disagree with their call. You aren't allowed to block backers like that. But hey, that is a stupid rule. The refs are starved for making that call, and it's just football. Both Cam and Kylie looked upset and mad at the end of the game. Their performances weren't how they ought it to, how they ought it would have been. But a win is a win. Good job, Patriots. Eli, what do you have to say?
7: I mentioned this earlier, and it was, it was quite surprising that they beat the Cardinals. But like you said, it's clear it wasn't really meant to happen. They were, they more did it on accident. But like. But I think maybe the Patriots might actually start to play a lot better and might actually make playoffs and maybe do good in the playoffs, if they. I feel like they're all really not. There's like groups in the Patriots and like like two or three people work together and the rest don't. I feel like that's
0: what happens. Yeah, in that game winner by Nick Folk with the 50-yard field goal as time. As time expired, ending the game 20-17. to 17. What a win. The Patriots play the LA Chargers and the Cardinals play the LA Rams for their next game. Let's see how these games turn out. The next Week 12 game is the Dolphins the Jets. Madison, what is your intel on this one? The Jets are doing a great job working on a perfect season. Five more games to go for a perfect 0-16. Man, they are disgraceful. Don't want to sound disrespectful, but this is unacceptable in the NFL. This is embarrassing. From what I saw, they scored three points but got into the red zone about five times. I don't know what's going on, but they need to get their whole team and staff together. This was a critical win for the Dolphins, but they've got some making up to do to get their goal of making the playoffs. The Dolphins' defense is what really kept them up because their offense wasn't really as good as their D, but Xavier Howard, the Dolphins' quarterback, cornerback, is the best cornerback in the NFL in my opinion. He's leading the NFL in interceptions with seven, while JC Jackson from the Patriots is behind him with six. Howard should be in a Defensive Player of the Year conversation. And lastly, I don't think Trevor Lawrence will want to get picked by a team that's dis- desperately in need for him. He's just not going to do it. But hopefully a good team signs him so that he can get the good money and not the desperate. Yeah, I agree. But that Houston Texans game versus the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving was awesome. The Texans came through with this one. Final score was 41-25. to 25. Watson was carving it up on Thanksgiving. He was lighting it up with 1,750 passing yards and 16 total touchdowns. This should really be the MVP. I feel like the Texans play better than their record shows. The next game is against the Colts on Sunday. I
2: might tune in. What are you guys' thoughts on this one? I honestly, even though
7: I do live in Houston, I'm not that big of a fan of the Texans. Ever since they made the Super Bowl but didn't win, like, a couple years ago, I'm not sure what year it was, I kind of just stopped cheering for them. And I was kind of more focused on the better teams. One of my favorites is the Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles. But I do think the Texans played really well, a lot better than they normally do. And if they keep that up, they might actually make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, like I previously said, Deshaun's strength is underrated. He's just one heck of a good uh, quarterback. So I just feel like he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, Deshaun Watson is just, I don't know if he's overrated or underrated, but he's just a good quarterback. And it shows now, but the old Texans, I don't think he was. He was good, but not as good as he is now or as he's getting. Back to week 11, we have the Titans versus the Baltimore Ravens. This was an entertaining football game. There was a heartbeat on each side of the field, but the Titans tightened up and pulled off the W, which they needed. Derek Henry is such a beast. He put both teams on his back for the win. On the last run, Henry was like, excuse me, get get out of my way, said enough is enough, and ended the game in overtime. Also, A.J. Brown on the Titans has the potential to be a top five wide receiver. He was catching plenty of catches and helped his team getting into yards. The Ravens can really disappoint their fans while playing. The marker can disappoint. He chokes big time when the scores are close. He throws a lot of interceptions. You know the Ravens are overrated when the Browns have a better record. The Ravens will be up against competition next week going at it with the Steelers. I can't wait. Last year, Jackson was the most anticipated QB, but this year, I don't know what happened. I thought they were going to be number one after right, single. So the game, game, game. I'm so not, 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 not having some Game one touchdown in OT. Ended the game with
2: that final score of 30 to 24. Eli, do you have anything else?
7: Honestly, I feel like there's not much to be said here. I feel like a lot of the teams this week pulled out unexpected things. And, if, and honestly, I was glad to see it. But I only wish for one thing, and that's for a very, like, in the playoffs, I just want to see the Steelers versus Chiefs rematch. That sounds, that's going to be
2: a fun game to watch. The last and final game of week 12 we have is the Kansas
0: City Chiefs versus the Las Vegas Raiders. What a game. Ended off with 35-31. Derek Carr was out there throwing beautiful passes that Gruden would love to see on film. When Kansas City's offense starts clicking, the clock stops ticking. They don't play games when it's time to score. Mahomes scored with ease with that final drive. Tyreek Hill zipped past Raiders with 102 receiving yards. What a running back! Man, I really thought the Raiders was going to win. I'm a Chiefs fan, but the Raiders played an amazing game. Even though they lost, they did they did look good. And Carl was out there slinging some beautiful throws that Gruden is also going to love seeing on film that Michaela just um, mentioned. If you get the last drive to Mahomes, he's going to score, man. So please don't let that. So please don't get that man one minute and 43 seconds with the ball. That was the easiest looking game winning drive I've ever seen. The Chiefs didn't look, the Chiefs didn't even break a sweat. Mahomes also makes it look too
2: easy. The accuracy, awareness, elusiveness, and etc. is just a gift from God. Well, that is it, folks. Have a wonderful day and this is Patriots Takeover.
18: Hey guys, welcome to the Global Homo Soccer. And today we're going to be talking about two dif- uh, three different games, actually. Um, Today I'm going to talk about Liga Mekis. It was a huge semifinal this week. Uh, One of the games in the semifinals was Cruz Azul against Pumas. It was a very, very sad game because everyone was actually expecting Pumas to win. No one really had faith on Cruz Azul. But Cruz Azul ended showing people wrong and they ended up Winning the game 4-0. Uh, Roberto Alvarado scored in the second minute. Literally two minutes in the game and Roberto scored. And a little, little more minutes after that, Rafael scored in the eighth minute. And then a little bit more minutes after that, Luis Romo scored in the 13th minute. Leaving them to 3-0 at that point. And the last goal was Luis Romo which was in the ninety-fifth minute in the extra time. And the final score was four to zero. And that was just a first game. The best out of two in the semifinals. And that was one side of the semifinal. That was one game. The other game was Guadalajara against Leon. They they stayed tied. It was one to one. It was a very good game. Uh Guadalajara had a strong keeper and León had a very, very good defense. Like they're playing the best defense. And now we're just gonna have to wait. What is gonna be the outcomes of the second game? If uh, León or Guadalajara is gonna win, and like who's gonna go to match up in the finals? In my opinion, I will. I feel like since Cruz Azul already beat Pumas, then it will be hard for Pumas to score. Because in order for Pumas to win, they need five goals. Because the last game, it adds up to the second game. Whatever goals we score. And Guadalajara, I honestly don't know. Because when the game started, I I felt like, oh yeah, this is an easy game for Guadalajara. Like, this is just easy. But after what I saw, León actually played really good. In my opinion. And I honestly can't give my opinion because... I feel like both both the teams had the potential to win and uh succeed to the final. But in the Guadalajara versus Leon game, uh, I definitely feel like Leon had more chances. Definitely more chances. I mean, yeah, Guadalajara had like more more like shots, but I definitely feel like Leon had a lot more shots like you would see Leon and Guadalajaras most side of the field all the time. But you never know what might happen in the second game. Like, another thing that Guadalajara scored an awesome goal, Jose Juan, he scored uh, in the 52-minute. And the person that scored for León was Fernando Navarro in the 38-minute. Yeah, and they were playing, what did they were playing, both of playing good? I don't know what it was that Leon just could have score because, like I said, Leon had a lot of shots. Like, if I give an estimate, like, I'll say, like, around 25 shots compared to Guadalajara, like, around 8 or 9. That's, like, a big difference. And, yeah, I guess we're just going to have to see the outcomes of the second game and to see who matches up in the final, which I can't give my opinion about Guadalajara and Leon because, like I said, both their teams are good. But I could give my opinion about... Cruz Azul Pumas, because Cruz Azul already has a four-goal lead. But, yeah, that's all for me, and I'll pass it down to Gerardo.
2: Hello, everyone.
13: Uh, So, today we're going to be talking about two different games here. We're going to be talking about one of them. It's going to be uh, Bayern Munich against BFB uh, Stuttgart. And then we're going to talk about uh Tottenham
11: anywhere else, really.
13: Um, Hamsbury against last lens. Like, you know, so, first, we're going to talk about the fire munich game. It was really a good game, I really enjoyed it. Uh, this was uh, see, we have a three to one score winning um, fire minage here. There was,
2: and then, the, really, yeah, and again, the Warriors, really right maybe a final contender, yeah, play I think it's two
13: guards. did really good at, competing at least going one of them. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, the third league we saw. Uh, we saw the, one of them was by Coleman, minute 38, which was a pretty nice goal. We also saw Right before the half ended, we saw uh, Lewandowski right, so score. He's
2: games,
13: you know, he really games, uh, we uh, he's really good. We've seen him playing in, the German uh, uh, Germany visiting, international Germany national uh, team. He played really well. I think he's really good. Um, team work right, with, with right. all of them. Some of them played like newer he's,
2: on the German team. You no, know, we can see also Thomas Mueller is also there. I think
13: Cohen is also there. But, but then we also saw a Costa, Douglas Costa, scram in 87, which gave him three score. But yeah, so here's his. the catch. The Stuttgart was winning it.
2: So and I
13: think they just like, very much tied it. And, and, I just finished it uh, the heat, two more balls after the first one. I think this was a really good game for both of I really liked uh, that they played really good. Um, Bayern managed to play really good. Uh, can't take nothing back from his opponent. Um, But I think they did really good. And then Bayern managed to uh, um, hold first place for the German Bundesliga. He first split And he just our, our, our Number 10 so Which is not bad Um, We see that Stuka has Drawn Last of his Their 5 games And then Won once Against Berlin And then By Munich Won 4 Out of Their last 5 And then We see They had a draw and then going to the, on to the next game, which is going to be a really good game, I really like this game, especially that Europe Bell is now on Tottenham again, the last him since 20, 2007, which is really a pretty long time, because it's about 13 years, and then he has returned to Tottenham. See, we saw him play today. We saw him for a penalty. which was really clean penalty. It was really nice. But we can't say nothing bad about the last wins. Because that was really, really good. I was, like, so surprised because I don't know, really know well last the
2: team,
13: But for me, surprising, like, the tie to Tottenham, which is Tottenham, like, really really good team. They have like, you know, they have Song. They have Song. Now they have Bale. They have Deli Deli Ali. They have Joe Joe Alright, the goalkeeper. And they just have so many good players. Wow. So them, um so I think this is really a first impression for me. I think it's the first time I ever seen them in the Europe Europa League. UFA Europa, and uh, well, so we said so. Yeah, just when I mentioned Gareth son and Deli Ali actually scored, and actually Deli Ali scored also a penalty like Gareth. The Gareth was right before the first half ended, and then. Deli was at minute eighty-six right after just right before the end of the starting. So but that's the same. um guess I saw that they also scored just like right before the match ended at minute ninety-three for the tie score, which is pretty really impressive. You can to see that right before Ali got a penalty they the um drill hands. Stein got a score, scored a minute 84, and then in the first half there was only two, so it was as 10th two goals, you know, from Gabriel and Peter, uh, Mike, Coral, um, yeah. But these really um, surprising goals because for the first half they're like really close to each other. We can see that Gabriel was at 40 47th minute, and then at uh, Peters from last links, Lent was at 42, which is really funny. So it was, it was just like, score, then just went, kind of score. And then we see in the second half that Karamoko um, from Lens also you scored in the LA, like, minute 90, or minute 86 let which Right, so I think um, boxing really great. Um, it was really surprising. And I think um, Tottenham good one, but they have a good a good opponent. You can not underestimate no one. This thought so basically I think great things to one. Thank you want. Um, for listening to the Global Home Soccer and see y'all next week. Bye.
1: All right, that's our show for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Please stay safe out there, keep your distance, wear a mask, take care of yourself. And uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of One Hour Schoolwide.